Hello from the ABA Annual 2016 in San Francisco, California. I'm Sandy Gallant, Seventh Circuit Governor with the ABA Law Student Division, representing the states of Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. I'm currently a 2L at Northern Illinois University College of Law in DeKalb, Illinois. And I'm Kareem Arif. I currently serve as the chairman of the American Bar Association's Law Student Division, representing over 70,000 law students across the nation. Hi, I'm Paulette Brown. I'm the president of the American Bar Association, where we have more than 400,000 members. And we are on the road with Legal Talk Network. President Paulette Brown from the ABA, who hails from Morristown, New Jersey. Welcome. It is an honor to have you on the show today. This has been an exciting conference. How are we feeling right now? We are feeling fabulous right now. We're feeling a great sense of accomplishment. We're feeling really good about all the support that we've got from the law student division and from the young lawyers and and really happy that um, it's not happy that it's coming to a close, but really happy about what we've been able to do in the last 12 months. And really happy to have two of my friends next to me from the Boys and Girls Club in San Francisco. From San Francisco, I know the Boys and Girls Club is a real passion of yours. Um, tell me briefly why you got involved with that organization and why it's important and touches your heart. So when I stood up to become president-elect of the American Bar Association, I said, like it or not, I'm a role model. And what is it that I can do? Having been someone who did not know any lawyers until I went to college, that I felt that there's something that I should do to let young people know that there are opportunities that are available to them and that they can do anything. And sometimes so you have to see it to know that it's possible. I chose the Boys and Girls Club, had no affiliation because it did not become a Boys and Girls Club until 1981. So clearly, I have been a lawyer for five years by then. Um, so, but there's a Boys and Girls Club almost everywhere. And so as I traveled all 50 states in the United States, the District of Columbia, and two territories, there was a Boys and Girls Club. So I had an opportunity to visit more than 40 Boys and Girls Clubs around the country. How fantastic. And I want to take a moment and have your friends introduce themselves. Uh, so Rosina, Cashin, would you all like to say something? How are you all doing? Uh, good. Yeah, yeah I'm good. doing pretty well. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your interactions with President Brown lately? Um, it's been a very great experience, something that I'll remember for days to come. Um, I'm just trying to take notes on the things that she's doing and just incorporate them on how I can you know, incorporate them in what I'm doing. Same over here. I think uh, I've learned a lot about like how her day runs and how she maneuvers and handles her time management and just goes about her day naturally, and it's been amazing to watch. So is law school on the horizon then for you too? might be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look out for these two, and then maybe the next ABA uh, president listen, is what I'm, I'm Exactly, <laughs> I'll be looking for them. Absolutely. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for uh, being along with President Brown, and I know if you can keep up with her, because she uh, has a reputation for putting in a lot of steps every day. Mm -hmm. How many steps have you put in so far? I, I would have to check and see. I don't know. Probably probably close to 10,000 today. Already? Yes. That's in what time span? <laughs> it's in the day? Today, so far, yes. 
And and just just to be clear, we're we're before noon still. We're at eleven ten at the moment. Yes. And and we have ten thousand steps in. What's what's the goal for and today? I think, and I think I have about seventeen floors. Fantastic. Seventeen floors already. So what's the max you've done? In- so when I visited my last state, Utah, uh, we went hiking. So I did the equivalent of fifty nine floors in that day, and. Um, I think the most steps I've done in a day has been um, 36,000 steps or 39,000 steps in a day. Wow. Yeah. You know, pardon the pun, but you have really stepped up to this <laughs> position um, this year. And um, I know you mentioned Utah, but there are 49 other states plus the District of Columbia, and you did something remarkable in all of those states. So I did many activities, and I have to say that young lawyers and law students were with me every place I went. Every place. There was not a place where there were not law students and young lawyers who I did not have an opportunity to interact with. So they went with me to the Boys and Girls Club and asked whether they could continue a relationship with them. Sometimes I'm doing a tour of the Boys and Girls Club and I'm looking for the young lawyers and they're nowhere around. They're helping the young people with their homework assignments and so forth. And so they haven't caught up to me because they're just so enthused um, once they get there about just already have the sense of giving back. And so that's really been extraordinarily inspiring to me. You know, when I was in St. Croix, uh, I went to a Boys and Girls Club and there was a big marquee. I'm driving down the street. Somebody said, look, there's a big marquee. Boys and Girls Club of the Virgin Islands welcomes ABA President Paulette Brown. It was fabulous. Yeah. That's outstanding. Yeah. How amazing. Yeah. Uh, do you have any specific stories that stick out in your head? I mean, you've done obviously a lot of traveling yes. between stepping up the game in the ABA and stepping apparently everywhere in the nation. <laughs> do, do any specific stories stick out to you? So I've got so many great stories. I will tell you an adult story and a children's story. Please. So um, with the Boys and Girls Club, the young people ask so many great questions. They would ask me questions like, an 11-year-old asked me, for example, in New Orleans, what would you do if you got a case you didn't believe in? Yes. And there were a number of kids who were very concerned about the elections. And then there were people who said, why do they call it the bar exam? Why don't they just call it a test? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and, and questions like that. And then I was at one club in Portland, and Judge Adrian Nelson reminded me the day, which I knew that a young lady had just jumped and taken a selfie because a lot of them did that. <laughs> um, but she said he wouldn't just stop swinging my arm back and forth. But I had a chance to do hula hoop with them, and I beat them, by the way, in the hula hoop. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. I beat them in the hula hoop. And, um, you know, I danced on the, you know, the video thing with them. They didn't think I could dance either, but I, I can. Um, and But, you know, in a law student event, I went to visit. Notre Dame Law School mm-hmm. and got a really good treat in addition to meeting so many law students and talking to them I met the women's basketball team oh. at Notre Dame they had just they were in the final four this time they didn't win the final four but I met with some of the athletes and went out on the floor touched one of the game balls really excited and two weeks later, I got a game ball at my office. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was very excited about that. 
That's cool. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at uh, some of the initiatives that you've worked on in the last yes. year, serving in your presidency, one of those being diversity inclusion. Yes. Um, it is an issue that is becoming increasingly more popular and um, recognized yes. in this last year just because of recent news events. Right. But this is a very important social issue that has needed to be addressed, frankly, in the nation's entire history. Correct. So how can the ABA as an association do its part to improve diversity? And inclusion. And inclusion. And inclusion. So I'm so happy you asked. So we had a diversity and inclusion 360 commission that has done a stunning body of work. And so we have just issued an executive summary of all of the work that we've done, and it goes through the four working groups of the committee. And in it, there are codes. If you click on the codes uh, with your iPhone, it will take you to the website where you can find various resources and information. We have four working groups, a pipeline working group, an economic case working group, implicit bias working group, which we think implicit bias is one of the solid killers of what causes us not to do as well as we can in the diversity and inclusion space. So you may know that the legal profession, as great as we are, we're the least diverse profession of all comparable professions. 88% of all lawyers are white in the United States. And we're behind surgeons, architects, engineers. So we really wanted to move the needle, not just now, but in a systemic way, so that we won't keep talking about this 10 years from now, that the situation remains the same. So we wanted to develop policies, policies in particular, um, that would really advance us in a way. So in February, we uh, had a resolution passed in the House of Delegates that recommended that all states that have mandatory CLE requirements have included in that mandatory diversity and inclusion. And we have created materials and guidelines for any state that wants to do that, that said we don't know what to do, we don't know what to put in programming, but we've done that um, as, as a commission. We've also created three implicit bias videos for judges, for prosecutors, for public defenders, and we also created written materials to go along with it so that after they watch the video, they'll have some tools to refer to so that they can continue and, and pay attention to what it is that they're doing so that their implicit biases may not affect their decision-making. And so all of us have implicit biases. None of us is exempt. And in fact, Jack Rives, I made a mistake in telling him what mine, mine are, and he has been teasing me since about them. But you know, but people should not feel ashamed because they have them. The shame is not acknowledging it and trying to make sure that your decision making is not affected by it. And then we worked a lot within the ABA, so the Board of Governors adopted new policy with regard to programs sponsored by uh, or co-sponsored by ABA entities. There has to be a minimum level of diversity on every panel if you have at least four people, including a moderator on a panel. We've got three resolutions coming before the House this session. 
One relates to model jury charges. One relates to uh, creating more economic opportunities for diverse lawyers. Include that includes women, people of color, people with disabilities, members of the LGBT group, and of course, there's Resolution 109, which would put into the black letter of the law that lawyers cannot discriminate. So, um, you know, we're we're real excited. We we hope that we will change the dynamic. The commissioner said, no, we cannot do all these things in a year's time. I'm like, yes, we can and we will, we have to. And so they did that and so much more. We've created uh, pipeline resources that teachers can use, that other administrators can use, that lawyers can use, that will keep children in school to disrupt the school to prison pipeline, for example, and tools that they can use to keep from calling the police as a first line of response to children. And so um, there were so many good programs out there, we figured we didn't need to reinvent the wheel, but we've picked the best of the best that can be transferred from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. You know, you've reminded me of something that the late Maya Angelou had said, and that is when you know better, you do better. That's right. And with that sentiment in mind, how can law schools improve in diversity and in inclusion so that individuals like Rosina and Kassan, who are sitting with us today, have that opportunity at a potential legal career? Right. So there are a number of things. And like I said, you know, we have to do it before we get to law school. We have to do a lot of work before we get to law school because we got to get them in law school first, right? Right. So we've got to make sure that they have all the tools and opportunities available to them from kindergarten to 12th grade so they can then go to college. We have to create the necessary opportunities and tools for them. And likewise, we have to, the students have to be able to access information that's readily available. So one of the things I'm really excited about is that Microsoft... <laughs> asked me to speak at their Black History Month program. And I said, while I'm talking, I said, it would be great if Microsoft would develop an app that would have all this diversity and inclusion information. So people say, I've got an app for diversity and inclusion. I can get information, you know, whenever I want and learn more about it. Um, and so that would apply to students and for law schools. And there are some law schools right now, Suffolk Law School, Dean Perlman has said that they've got mandatory diversity and inclusion training for law schools. It's a part of their curriculum now and for the people who work there. So I think that people can use that model. And then, but you know, back to Microsoft. And so then I saw, so they said that they thought I was half joking when I said it. So, and then I saw them two more times and I mentioned it again. So they actually had a hackathon. So they are now creating an app so that anybody, whether you're laying in the bed, watching TV or going to sleep, you can just pull up the app. You can do the IAT test. You can do a number of things and it will be good for the public as well, creating all sorts of resources that are available. So with all the work, I mean, I have to ask your guests, are, are y'all keeping up with your homework? I mean, you're, you've got, you got big shoes to fill. It sounds like President Brown is keeping y'all in high respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just got to work out a routine schedule to Fantastic. manage all of this. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to have fun on your behalf, Rosina and Kassan, and we're going to put President Brown on the spot, okay? <laughs> because I want you guys to take away from this experience that we all started in school, and we've all had those awkward moments in school. So, President Brown, let's hearken back to your law school days, and I have to ask you, do you remember the first time you were called on to brief a case? And uh, what was that experience like? So, yes. And, and <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was in torts. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul's graph. 
It yeah. was Paul's no. grab. So, yes. So, so you know, so why, how could this be possible? You know, you know, so it goes against everything you got. Well, well, you know, I didn't know any lawyers before. And so it just went against everything. It's like, how could this be possible? So, yes. And so, so I wanted to debate like the other issues, like this can't be true. You know, this case is just wrong. So, um, uh, <laughs> Come on, you know you thought that too. No, and it's true. It's um, so yeah, true for, yeah. for starter yeah. law students uh, that they want to argue right. uh, the opinion, and it's like, folks, that's the opinion. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. So so you didn't want that to be the opinion, and you, you didn't know how anybody could rule that way. So, yes, I remember that, and I also remember... Um, you know, I didn't really know anything about commercial transactions and the UCC code um, or any of those things. So all of that was just so new to me. But I found it fascinating. And yes, but you know, we didn't have so much of the true Socratic method like others had. But I remember back in those days, law school exams started January 2nd. Really? Wow. Yes. Wow. And so you had no holiday. Ah. Yeah, so that wasn't fun. Yeah, you had no holiday. Did you develop mentors along the way in law school? How did you build those connections to really launch your career? So, um, didn't have a lot of mentors in law school. So, I was one of two African-American women who graduated in my class from law school. Good for you. Yeah. Um, it was just, it, I don't know how good it was, but there should have been more. So there were not a lot of people to talk to. There were a couple of professors I could talk to. And you sort of talk to people who went to other law schools that were a little more diverse than my law school. But sometimes, you know, you, uh, mentoring wasn't really talked about as a concept back in those days. Um, you know, we're talking, I went to law school 73 to 73. So, you know, more than 40 years ago. But, you know, there were still people who were willing to give you advice. Some people were, others weren't. You know, like, unfortunately, I had a career counselor who could have cared less about, yeah, she wasn't good. And then there were, you know, places that, you know, so we were steered, you know, the, and I have to say that when you talk about people of color, there were only African Americans in the school. There were no Hispanics no Asians, nobody who admitted to being a member of an LGBT group. Um, although I know there was one who would admit to us, but not otherwise. And so we were steered toward legal services, period. Not even towards the prosecutor's office. Certainly never told about any judgeships or anything like that. But I was really, really fortunate because I had a a classmate who was a year ahead of me and his wife worked at Johnson & Johnson and her boss was moving to a steel company and Arissa became effective the year I graduated from law school so they were looking for anyone who would be willing to learn about Arissa and do Arissa work so I raised my hand and so I was really fortunate when I got out of law school I had a job with a corporation. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Now President Brown with all the work you've been doing yes. from diversity to mentorship and really the face of the ABA is changing, right? With you being the first African-American woman to take this, or woman of color generally, right, isn't right. that true? Yes, that's to true. To take the mantle of presidency. Right. What advice do you give for diverse up-and-comers coming into law school and trying to become engaged in the ABA and make a difference? Okay, so the first thing is what you're doing now, mm -hmm. that you can't work from the outside. You have to be within an organization mm -hmm. to have your voice heard and to effectuate any kind of change that you want. Mm -hmm. You can't be afraid to speak up 
Um, there's sometimes you have to listen a lot to see what to get the lay of the land, and you also can't tell people that you're too young to become involved, because everybody was young at one point, and everybody was given a chance at one point. And you can let them know that, okay, maybe I can't be on the actual committee, but is there an advisory group so that I can learn from the more experienced people? So because and don't allow yourself to be shut out, and don't allow anyone to put you in a particular group that, you know, a lot of times or earlier on, I remember that they wanted everybody to be in the, on the Women Advocate Committee or on the mm -hmm. Minorities in the Profession Committee when you have an individual expertise. And so you know how to do things more than women's is you have substance and you have to let people know that you have substance and never take no for an answer. You're giving great networking tips and how to really establish those connections. What advice would you give to law students um, about managing the stress and the anxiety that's associated with law school? Okay, so, you know, although you think that your time is very, very limited, I think that exercise is important. And I think that sometimes just sitting down 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, having really quiet time, turning everything off so that you can be reflective and just clear your mind of everything and start fresh. You know, it may seem like I don't have time to do this, but when you take the time to do that, you're so refreshed and so energized afterwards that it's really worth the time. I also think that it's really important to share your ideas, you know, with regard to the cases that you're studying with others because you may think that your response is the most brilliant one ever until you hear somebody else's. And even if you don't agree with their response, you can talk it through and it'll make your answer more reasoned and more thoughtful. Okay, you've told us about your healthy habits. I know you, uh, you've got a lot of energy. I'm curious, what's your one guilty pleasure? So, I love sweets. <laughs> I love sweets. And so being on the road as much as I have, I've had to set real rules for me, for myself. So I only have sweets on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And no today sweets during is, the week. Uh, Saturday. Saturday. Listen, someone has already told me Sunday we're going to Gear Deli's for an ice cream Sunday, and I am all in. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. That is awesome. Yes. President Paulette Brown, Rosina Kassan, great luck to you guys. You all have a fantastic mentor sitting right next to you, and we wish you all the best with your future. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. President Brown, as we're wrapping up, if our listeners would like to get in contact with you, how can they get a hold of you? So it's pretty easy. I can be reached through the office of the president at the American Bar Association. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we've reached the end of the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today, President Paulette Brown from the American Bar Association, and of course, students Rosina and Kassan. Good luck to you guys as well. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in. If you liked what you heard today, please rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you. Thank you all so much. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes.
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.